Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. The Mar-a-Lago raid, January 6th. It's coming right out of the shoot today. Today's show is going to be one of those shows that by the time you're done, you're going to be like, whoa, we are in real, real trouble if we don't get these answers. Stat. A lot to get to. I am hoping I get to it all today. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show, folks. The deep state is panicking right now. There are tells, poker tells, you know, people who do things in poker to give away their position. There are tells that are happening right now. I see them and you're going to see them too. Loaded show today. If you're looking for a firearm that's easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. It's a portable rifle you can put together and take apart in a few minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case it comes in. So small, it can be stored anywhere, in a go bag, anywhere. It's light enough to carry everywhere. Comes in black and two different camo patterns. You can pick one up for three dollars to $400, depending on the finish. You can watch a few videos at henryusa.com survival. And while you're there, be sure to order their free catalog. Henry makes more than 200 rifles, shotguns, and revolvers, and they're all made in America, backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website. It's henryusa.com, and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals on a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. All right, Joseph, busy show, so let's get going. Here we go, Dano. Oh, you threw me for a loop there. That sounded like a Friday thing. It was like a little bit of a head fake, and then you switched halfway through. I didn't mean to do that. So, yeah. no, yeah, yeah, you got me a little confused. I'm like, yes, Friday. Is it like date night already? This is spectacular. I'm like, it's only Tuesday. I had to look at my phone for a minute. So the deep state's panicking right now over what uh, has turned out to be a debacle for them in the Mar-a-Lago raid. Why is it a debacle, Dan? They hate Trump. They can't stand Trump. They raided his home. Folks, this thing is turned so fast on them because you've kept the heat on. I've said that over the last few days since it happened. You need to keep the heat on. Keep calling your congressman, email them, keep posting on social media. You have a voice. If 100 people follow you on Twitter and Facebook and Truth, it's 100 people are going to see what you posted about this debacle. Keep the heat on. How do we know they're in a panic? There are poker tells everywhere. You're a poker player? Well, not really. But a friend of mine is a good, I know how to play, but a friend of mine's a very good one. I'm not going to say who, but like a world-class poker player. He's incredible. We used to talk a lot. And he'd say, listen, they all, even the best poker players in the world, they'll slip. They have a tell. You can see when they're nervous, they'll do something. And if you get really good at it, you'll see those micro expressions. The deep state has a tell everywhere. Here it is, NBC News. Justice Department is now asking the judge to keep Trump's search warrant affidavit sealed. Oh, citing the investigation. Oh, that's convenient. It's only one of the biggest overreaches of power and abuses of government power in United States history. How do you know what's the, this is the easiest. We'll get into the more detailed tells that require a little nuance in a minute. But what's the biggest tell of all? What's the biggest tell of all? Who's, just ask yourself now, Libs, just ask yourself for a moment. Who's calling for transparency here? In other words, we got nothing to hide. And who's calling to hide stuff? The government wants to hide stuff. And Donald Trump is calling for transparency. So if the information in the affidavit, in other words, what the agents swore in front of the judge to get the search warrant, right? That's the affidavit. The affiant is the person swearing to it. It's the story they tell the judge to establish probable cause to get the warrant, right? 
If that information is so, I'm just asking you a common sense question. If that information is so damaging to Donald Trump, then why is Donald Trump openly on True Social and elsewhere calling to release the affidavit while the Department of Justice under Joe Biden and the FBI want to hide it? Why? Why is that? Anybody? Anybody have any theories on that, Joe? Gee, anyone? Hmm. Kind of strange, right? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, sounds a little weird, right? One yeah. side say, hey, let's, let's see the goods. The other guy said, oh, no, we're just going to hide the goods. Maybe because they're not the goods. Yeah, they don't want us yeah, to maybe, see something. I guess. Maybe they're the bads. Maybe they're the bads. Yeah, yeah. Now, here's another tell. Here's another tell that there's a problem. Something's rotten in the state of Denmark here. Ladies and gentlemen, whenever they trot out Fusion Kendallanian, you know, you know the deep state's in trouble. Now, who is Kendallanian? <laughs> Kendallanian is a fake news specialist. Ken Delanian has been a mouthpiece for the deep state forever. I'll show you in a minute. This is nothing new. So the way it works is they have reporters and stuff in their back pocket. These deep staters in the intel community, the federal bureaucracy, these reporters, again, I use what they have very little dignity at all, and they don't take their jobs seriously. They're activists, right? They're not actual journalists. So they know they can feed them a, a preset narrative and with do, doing no investigative journalism whatsoever. These reporters, air quotes, will repeat what they say on the air. You get it? They're like megaphones. They're echo chambers. Hello, 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 hello. Ken, 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 Ken. They, that's what they do. Whenever you see Ken Delanian on NBC trying to cover up for them hiding the warrant, you know that they are terrified about what's in that affidavit. We'll get into that in a second. Here's cut one of Ken Delanian first. Uh, yesterday at NBC explaining how, oh man, this thing is so dangerous to Trump. It's so bad. There's so much stuff. Really? Why does Trump want it released then? So of course the deep state had to give him his talking points. Watch this. It's hilarious. They actually addressed the question of, well, can't you just release it and make some redactions? They have you know, blacking out the names of confidential sources or particularly sensitive details. And they essentially said in, in the first footnote of the document, if we did that, we would have so many areas blacked out that you wouldn't understand a word this thing was saying. Now, I'll explain to you why they, that's just, again, that's just him repeating what they told him to say because they have no case. I'll explain what that's about in a minute. Oh, we'd have to black out the whole thing. All right, well, black out the whole thing. We want to see it. Black out the whole thing. We want to see what you blacked out. We want to see how long it is. They don't want to do that either. Really strange, right? Here's Ken Delanian again just the other day. Remember, this guy is a stenographer for the deep state. He does no investigative journey. He doesn't, he's not an investigative journalist. He is an activist for the deep state. Whenever you see this guy on NBC talking, just assume you're talking to a deep state or listening, I should say, to a deep stater. Here he is the other day. Again, another poker tell. Check this out. Ken, what do we know about the documents seized at Mar-a-Lago? Good morning, Andrew. Well, the warrant tells us the FBI sees five sets of documents marked top secret. And that means information that, if disclosed, would pose exceptionally grave danger to U.S. national security. But among that was one set marked top secret sensitive compartmented information. And as you know, Andrew, from covering the intelligence community for a long time, that means information that's so secret only a small group of people inside the U.S. government can see it, those who have a need to know. We're talking about things like CIA, names of CIA sources in Moscow or images from the most advanced spy satellites. This information was so sensitive that the FBI agents who took it out of Mar-a-Lago would have had to take it to a special facility. We're talking about the most protected secrets in the U.S. government. 
<laughs> sky. I can't get over the sky. Notice what they told Miss Ace, where the location is the spy satellite, where what they're looking at, yes. nuclear codes. And everybody, yeah, oh, yeah, Joe. And everybody just said NBC is like, takes it at face value. You wonder if Ken Delanian did any investigative work. Is that what was actually there? Well, maybe not, but that's what it could have been. Yeah, yeah. Um, it it could have been, uh, been a lot of things. It could have been uh, uh, who's buried in Grant's tomb, too. <laughs> Liberals are like, huh? <laughs> what? They're still confused. It could have been a lot of things. Now, because something was labeled TSSCI does not mean it still is. You may say, yeah, Dan, we've already heard that point that President Trump can declassify. No, no, I'm not even talking about that. Notice how Delanian jumps to the most extreme example. Spying information. Oh, my gosh. And the, and the, the, the alleged journalists on the set, there, they're all just sucking it in as if it's true. Let me give you a quick example of why they told Delanian to say that. Because, folks, because something was TSSCI doesn't mean it still is. That's top secret, sensitive, compartmentalized information. Quick example. We were at the Secret Service, right? We did motorcade routes. The president's motorcade route, this is an example you need to use with your friends. They'll understand. The president's motorcade route before the trip is out, a lot of it is top secret especially overseas in terror hot zones. Sometimes we would feed the media fake motorcade routes. Why? Obviously, you don't want the terrorists setting up on a motorcade route to kill you. We're going to be here at this time, guys. So it was top secret. Get it? Mark, top secret. Then all of a sudden, a trip happens. The motorcade route, we drive it, we drive it back, and he's gone. Now, let me ask you a question. Is the motorcade route top secret? It was Mark top secret. Gee, why would it not be top secret after the trip? Just let me throw that out there. Can you figure this out? You're a smart guy. Because he's no longer there. He already rode on the motorcade route. Everybody knows it. They saw him and waved. You see what the lady is doing here for the deep state people? Just because a box marked TSSCI or labeled, as it says in the return, labeled, and they labeled it A26 or whatever. Doesn't mean it was. They're panicking. Do you get them? You get the nuance, right? They're like, Ken, listen, we served the search warrant. We found nothing of any criminal significance at all. We need a big favor, buddy. Go out there and say it was spy satellites and a nuclear. <laughs> yeah, man. Okay. And everybody just sucks it up. Here's who Ken Delaney is. I don't usually put older pieces in the newsletter, but this is in the newsletter today. Bongino.com slash newsletter. Please read it. It's from my birthday, December 4th, back in 2017. It's by the great Lee Smith. He talks about the media's role in the Fusion GPS PP tape scandal. It's a Federalist piece called Fusion GPS Scam Scandal Implicates Media, Impossible Pay-to-Publish Scheme. Pay-to-publish scheme? Look who he mentions in the piece. Mentions, of course, uh, uh, Ken Delanian. He says a reporter, Bill Browder, believes to be a regular and reliable purveyor of Fusion GPS manufactured talking points. Lee Smith's opinion. Remember Delanian? Lee alleges in his piece uh, uh, that uh, uh, an insider, Browder, believes he was a purveyor of talking points there for Fusion GPS, the company hired by Hillary Clinton, the PP hoaxers. Ken Delanian's not new at this, folks. There's a tell here. Now, 
been about 10 minutes. So let me kind of sum up. And I should have just dropped the lead up front. The tell about what? Why Delaney and why others? Why are they hiding the affidavit? Why is Donald Trump calling for transparency where the FBI and DOJ are panicking, desperately trying to hide the affidavit? Because folks, as I said to you yesterday, the warrant, the warrant was BS the whole time. It was just an excuse to search Donald Trump's residence at Mar-a-Lago for January 6th stuff and for Russiagate documents. I am now completely convinced. And what happened? They found nothing. So now in a panic, they'll refuse to release this thing, citing national security reasons and law enforcement sensitive information. They'll refuse to release this stuff. And they'll do it in order to, pre- to prevent you from seeing the fact that this whole thing was a pretext. Listen, without sounding in any way uh, pretentious or sounding like a jerk, this is a story. I'm, I'm going to be focusing on this in, in each show for the next few days. I got other stuff to get to as well. But, folks, this is way too critical. And this is one of those stories like Joe and I with Spygate, where the audience doubled and tripled seemingly every week. This is one of those stories where my experience is invaluable here. I wasn't a doctor, so it's hard to comment on what it's like to commit uh, to do an open heart surgery. I was a federal agent. I've served a ton of search warrants, been involved in the White House and the protection side. I want to go through some takeaways here from this point here. Some of the open and unanswered questions, because this thing is getting uglier by the minute. Ken Delaney, and again, fusion, just assume someone in the deep state is talking when Delanian's opening is, he's like a parrot for them, right? If he says... Listen, the affidavit, we'd have to black out a lot of stuff because there's classified info in there. You would wonder to yourself, if you were a smart federal agent, why? Let me explain. And guys, if this is complicated, stop me as the audience uh, ombudsman there, Armour Cost, right? When I'm a federal agent and I want to get a search warrant, I number one, I typically get an arrest warrant with a search warrant, but I'll, I'll I'll explain that in a minute. If I'm getting a search warrant for Joe's house for robbing a bank, right? One of the things I want to do in the search warrant, because I realize if I find stuff I need to arrest Joe, if I don't have an arrest warrant at the same time, the search warrant is going to become available to his lawyer at some point after I arrest him. I don't want them to know right away before I secure a plea from Joe what I got. Do you get what I'm saying? In order to hold over Joe's head the... Hey, you might want to cooperate. In other words, wink it or not, there's more stuff out there. I'm not putting all my cards out in the affidavit for the search warrant. I'm putting the minimum amount of stuff I need to establish to a judge probable cause that I believe evidence is in Mar-a-Lago. I'm not loading it up with classified information. So why is Ken Delanian saying there's a bunch of classified information in there? the answer or maybe they did that on purpose knowing if they didn't find anything that donald trump would call for the affidavit to be released and they would load it up with classified stuff and say time out time out we can't release that's classified info in there devious genius but devious We are dealing with a very, very sophisticated group of political opponents here. Very sophisticated. I now have little doubt that that's exactly what happened. 
They loaded it up with unnecessary information that was classified so that they could go back later and say, what us? We can't, it's on our call to not release it. There's classified info in there. It's point number one. Okay, I got to put, I'm sorry. I got so much I want to get to. I don't want to miss anything. I'm taking like notes during the show. Obviously, you see I'm excited about this story. I'm excited because it's breaking so bad against him. Another question. If the information in the affidavit in front of the judge that they can't release, even though Trump is demanding it, was so sensitive and so dangerous, what they claim they have probable cause to believe they're looking for, not a guess, Joe, they are probable cause to believe that this is a, that's a high standard. If the information was so classified, spy satellites, nuclear codes, nuclear weapons, oh my gosh, it's all going to end. So dangerous. Then how come when they showed up in early June, the FBI and the DOJ, they left without the documents? They asked Adam Schiff for this the other day. They asked him on a show, hey, why did they wait so long after Trump left office if this information was so dangerous? If there was that sensitive level of information being held, why did Justice Department officials wait 18 months after the end of the Trump presidency? What change that made this immediate? Uh, I don't know, uh, but it, uh, if uh, the Trump people represented that they provided all the classified or national security information and didn't, uh, that's a serious problem. And I can tell you, anyone in the intelligence community that had uh, documents like that marked top secret SCI uh, in their residence after authorities went to them, um, you know, they would be under serious investigation. That was Schiff. He has no answer as to why they waited so long. If, according to the affidavit, this is the most dangerous national security situation we've seen in so much, so we have to black out everything, Joe. It's a big black dot. I got a cover tattoo once on a tattoo I didn't like, and the tattoo was so big, the guy said to me, you have two choices, this black eagle or a big black dot to cover it. Big black dot. Big black dot. (laughs) That's a true story, by the way. The danger was so acute, they had a blackout with a big black dot, everything in the affidavit, yet they left the documents there. Again, strange. Also, I heard on cable news the other morning, someone say, well, Donald Trump only requested that they release the document, the affidavit for the search warrant, because he knows they can't release it. Oh, he does? Well, that's kind of the dumbest talking point I've ever heard. Why is that? Because, Joe, they're going through a procedure right now that the FBI and DOJ objected to to release the document. So, did, did, am I confused? So, I was a federal agent again. I'm a little confused. Huh? So, there is a process to release the affidavit. They're going through it right now. Well, how do we know that's true? One, because I'm telling you it's true. But secondly, because I just showed you a headline saying, in the process, this news personality said doesn't exist. The DOJ objected to releasing it in the process, he claims, isn't going on right now. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, uh, you're confused. Uh, Me too. (laughs) Yes. So just to be clear, TV guy says Trump knows that they can't release it. So he's going through the process where they can release it, which the DOJ is objecting to. So how is there isn't a process? They're not if they're going through the process now. Got it. You just (laughs) you just don't like the process. That's the problem. All right, let me get to my second sponsor, and I got another tell. Now you'll see how sophisticated 
our political opponents are. There is another tell. They set this up perfectly. Perfectly. Unfortunately, it's all collapsing because at some point, no matter how good your plan is, you got to win the battle. And they're losing big time. All right, a lot more to get to. Loaded show today. With cyber attacks on the rise, protecting your data security is more important than ever. So why is Congress considering a law that puts your data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill shifts billions in consumer spending to less secure payment networks, all so that corporate megastores can make bigger profits. Don't let Durbin Marshall steal your data. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com security and tell your senators to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Paid for by Electronic Payments Coalition. So here is another poker tell that the FBI is panicked. And just again, so we're clear, I don't, but tell them what you're going to tell them, tell them, tell them what you told them. So this sticks. They have nothing on Trump. The warrant wants a bunch of mumbo jumbo. They judge shop to get the right warrant. He signs off on the warrant. That way they have cover. Oh, look, we went in front of a magistrate. They thought they would find a bunch of stuff where later on they could celebrate. Look, we found the nuclear codes and they found nothing. Now they're panicking and they're desperate to keep all of this secret. So did you notice the other day they had say issued this bulletin, FBI and law enforcement in danger, the Republicans who are questioning this abuse of government power. They are themselves the attackers, terrible people. Ladies and gentlemen, you have a constitutional right. You live in a constitutional republic where the bureaucracies and the federal government operate at the consent of the governed. Do not ever get baited into violence. That is what they want. That is what they want. Why? They're putting it out now. They are begging for something. Please, God, I'm not using his name in vain. Do not get baited. You will lose everything in addition to the immorality of it. We cannot cross that red line. But they are using this. Their strategy here is to shut you down by claiming you're inciting violence. They're doing it. Here's the tell. Let me get to the point here. The Hill. DOJ says unsealing Trump Warren affidavit would jeopardize investigation. Notice in the Hill. Again, this is a left-leaning outlet. Notice what the FBI now, where they're going to go to next. After they say, oh, it's classified stuff. They say, talking about uh, people working with investigators. Quote, this isn't merely a hypothetical concern given the widely reported threats made against law enforcement personnel in wake of the August 8th search, reads a footnote in the filing. Do you see what they did? They already set it up, knowing the Kendallanians and the parrots of the world would set it. You get what they're doing here, Joe? Not only can we, we got to keep this secret because it's definitely classified, Mm -hmm. which we put in there for a reason, to make sure it was classified so you couldn't see it, the affidavit. But another reason we can't release the affidavit, because you Republicans and conservatives out there, You're definitely inciting violence by asking questions. Edelin, incite more violence. You can't win. You you can't win. You can't win. Another big problem with this. This is deep, man. We're getting into like the weeds on this. I hope you're ready. I heard on cable news again the day of the day. Oh, well, the FBI, man, they're just doing their jobs, these guys. No, they're not just doing their jobs. Cut the bullshit, all right? Get the cobwebs out of your head. They're not just doing their jobs. These are smart people. They're not idiots. You understand how hard it is to get in the FBI? 
I went through the process with the FBI, took the Secret Service job instead. It's really, really hard. Those are lawyers. They're engineers. You have to have like five to seven years of work experience. Military officers. These guys aren't stupid and women over there. They know exactly what they did. The issuance of a warrant on a former president served for the first time in American history. You're not an agent looking at this going, wait, this? Are you sure we should be doing this? Well, Dan, they're not allowed to do that. You know what? I'm, I'm disgusted that none of you in the FBI had the foresight to resign and become a whistleblower over this. When I realized stuff was going on that shouldn't have been going on, I walked away. You're not going to challenge me on that at all. I am so disgusted that the so-called rank and file guys who took part in this, not one of them looked at this and said, big picture here, what am I doing? Is this right? Is this ethical? Is this more? None of you thought that? They're just doing their jobs? Doing your job requires breaking 200 plus years of precedent to weaponize your gun and badge? To go and harass a former president because he's a potential political opponent to the president now. That's not your job. Get the cobwebs out of your head. Another point. When I was a federal agent, folks, we typically served an arrest warrant and a search warrant at the same time. I want to explain to you the difference between federal and local law enforcement. I was on both sides. I went from NYPD to Secret Service. The way it works with the NYPD is if you're not a detective and you're a street cop, which is why I wasn't a detective, I was on the street. You build a case backwards. So you're patrolling, and again, if this doesn't make sense, stop me, fellas. But you, you see um, a guy starts beating his wife on the street. You go and obviously arrest him, put him in cuffs, you take him in. You never met this guy 10 seconds before. You don't know who this guy is. You're driving in your, we used to call them RMPs, Radio Motor Patrol. Oh, you're driving. Oh my gosh, look, Tony, there's a guy. Stop. You get out, you arrest him. You, you lock the guy up. His name is Jason Smith, whatever. You put him in jail. You just met this guy. You have to build the case backwards. What does that mean? Get the wife. You take a corroborating statement from the wife about what happened. You go and you interview family members. There are a history of domestic violence here. You work the case backwards. See the crime work backwards. Well, what does that mean for this case? That's not the way federal cases work. We, we're not a police department. Nobody walks in the Secret Service office I worked in in New York, or rarely, and says, hey, I want to make a complaint. That's not the way it works. Bank investigators and others call you. Hey, we got a credit card fraud case. And what happens? You work the case forward. Oh, yeah, what happened? We got this guy on videos. Happened to me. We found him in a Home Depot. He's running a fake credit card to buy lumber. Oh, I'm looking. I have no idea who the guy is. Long story short, a year later, I found who the guy was. Took a lot, a lot. It was the most detailed case I ever worked. But by the time I found out who the guy was, I had the case lock, stock, and two smoking barrels. I worked the case forward. I got an arrest warrant. We got a search warrant. We arrested the guy. He had no choice to plea. The case was done. You get the difference? Yeah. yeah that was Federal helpful. agents. That was very helpful. Yeah, Thank they, you. Yeah. yeah, they worked the case forward. The FBI is not a police department. They're not on the street searching for a guy beating their wife on the corner. They worked the case forward. The point I'm trying to make here is 
Don't you find it awfully strange that the FBI, this is why I'm so mad at this TV guy. Oh, they're just doing their job. It was my job too. The FBI knows this too. You don't go serve a search warrant on a former president without having this case absolutely tied up in a bow. What are you, nuts? That's not the way it works. I did it. You didn't. I'm telling you that's not the way this works. It only works if you're on a fishing expedition searching for a crime from a person. You get what I'm saying? We investigate crimes in search of people. We don't investigate people in search of a crime. That's what they did here. It is so obvious. Folks, I had about 15 or 20 people with deep experience with federal agents. Some of them weren't fed, but they worked on federal task force, so they know it well. One guy specifically you've seen on TV texted me yesterday. Dan, you nailed it. This is a pretextual fishing expedition. They're searching for a, uh, they are investigating Donald Trump in search of a crime. There is no way the feds would let this happen in any other case. The fact that there was no arrest warrant served with the search warrant at Mar-a-Lago says to me, they never had a damn thing to begin with. And they judge shopped. And they may have mischaracterized the evidence in front of the judge. And that's why they're trotting Ken Delanian out there now, because they don't want to show you the affidavit as to what they said. I will bet you my bottom dollar they judge shop for this judge and stretch the facts, stretch them in front of them to serve a pretextual warrant to, quote, find something. Now they didn't find anything and they're in a panic. I got more. It's a heavy show. Spread this everywhere. You read my mind now, right? You guys are getting good. I used to have to say to, you know, give him a hint. Now he just pops up a new. Very nice. Couple more points I want to make on this. You know, it's ironic that, again, there are some in the media defending the FBI here saying, oh, well, they're not going to release that. They can't release it as classified information. Don't you fellas find it strange that if the information's classified and so dangerous that we don't want anybody to know what Donald Trump had, that they're leaking stories to Ken Delanian and the media? It's almost as if they want to play, we call the asymmetric leak game. What's the asymmetric leak game? It's where me as the federal agent or the DOJ, and I've never done this, but if I was a real scumbag, pardon my language, this is what you would do. You'd call up a press guy and you'd say, listen, we're going to hide the information from Trump so he can't fight back, so he doesn't know what we wrote in the report, but I'm going to leak to you information that may or may not be in there, like Ken Delanian, and you're going to go out there and say it's spy satellite stuff. And then a good reporter would do what, Joe? They'd say, well, did you find spy satellite stuff? That, that's not what any of these people are doing. You get my point? <laughs> They're leaking out to activists who are putting stories out there about spy satellites, nuclear codes. So they're asymmetrically leaking while claiming at the same time, while they're leaking, hilariously claiming stuff so dangerous we can't let it out. You get it, Joe? I tell Weaken you, it on? I got to kill you. Yeah, right. I tell you, I tell you, but then I got to kill you. That's right. Yeah. I can't tell you guys in the public. We'd have to kill you. But I can tell Ken Delanian. <laughs> it gives the Trump attorneys and Trump no way to fight back. 
And it gives a mouthpiece to the deep state media people to put out, you know, air quotes, facts that are damaging to Trump that may or may not be facts. And there's no way Trump will figure it out because they're keeping the document classified. And people defend this. Well, the FBI is just doing their job to leak. That's their job. What is their job? How do you know their job? Did you do their job? Were you a federal? Oh, you weren't. So you're guessing. You're just making that up, basically. You have no idea. Their job is what? To leak to Kendallanian? Where do you think Kendallanian got that information? Where do you think those left-wing media outlets got that leak about nuclear secrets? Where do you think they got that? I thought the information was so sensitive. They, I thought Merrick Garland told us once, Joe, that they were only going to speak through their formal charging documents. There weren't going to be any leaks. They were airtight. What, what, what happened there? A couple more things. A lot of show today, fellas and ladies. There's some, let's just kind of debunk something. I, I, I'm reasonably confident. And I shouldn't say debunk because I'm, I'm, I'm speculating a bit, to be fair. But based on a body of experience, I think, I think this story is false. And I'm, whereas I definitely do not want you to get baited by any kind of violence stuff for, for both moral, legal, and a thousand different reasons. I don't want you to get baited and distracted by false narratives either. It, you know, like I, it, it reminds me of like Kraken stuff. We got, there were so many, like we had so many good stories to tell. The 2000 Mule story and everything. I don't want anyone to get distracted. I think this part of the story is not real. There's some talk out there that there is no affidavit in support of the search warrant. In other words, there's no written copy of what the FBI told the judge in order to go search Trump's location. I'm, again, I'm being candid with you. When I speculate, I tell you, I don't know for sure that there's no written affidavit, but I'm 99% sure, if not 99.5 or more percent sure that there is, in fact, a written affidavit. Okay, why, Dan? Back it up. Make your case. Fair enough. That's what we do here. Produce receipts even for your opinions and speculation. Served a ton of search warrants. Can't say that enough. And while you can call up a judge or a magistrate on the phone, I mean, literally, call them up, and verbally give your probable cause, it happens sometimes in emergency situations where you don't have a computer and you can't type something out, you can do that. Matter of fact, at the local level, it happens all the time. I'm telling you, it's very rare at the federal level. Very rare. It's very rare in any case at the federal level. For a case of this kind of significance, for it would, I, if, if it turns out to be true, I'll correct it that there's no written warrant and that I would be astonished, astonished if this was a phone issue and so astonished. Also, there would be some written record somewhere else, ex post facto. I just don't want you to get distracted. I see that as so incredibly unlikely. So incredibly unlikely. Another tell. Oh, breaking news. First Lady Jill Biden. Jill Biden tests positive for COVID-19. Yeah, I wish her the best. I just broke on, on uh, Fox. Hope, uh, hope she's okay. Um, surprised she didn't get it before. You know, Biden had it. That was, uh, was interesting. So I hope she's okay. Um, so I want you to remember also, they're claiming to you now they can't release the affidavit because of all this classified information. We need to keep this all secret. 
Well, don't you find it odd that they released the return on the warrant? Folks, when I serve a search warrant at Joe's house looking for evidence of felonious mopery, when I find the felonious mopery evidence and I remove it from the house, the felonious mopery papers, I have to give Joe a receipt. It's his property. Even if it's contraband, it's his. I have to give him a receipt. Now, they were more than eager to release the receipt of what happened. And you notice the receipt had all kinds of labeled top secret, labeled SCI. Did you notice that? Well, one of the things, hat tip my man 279er here. One of the things that was at the top of the return, in other words, the stuff they took, again, a tell that they had zero, they got nothing out of this. Folks, when you do a return on the warrant, especially in a high-profile case like this, you want to be damn sure that those first couple items at the top of that receipt, Joe, that those are your moneymakers. Mm. 38 special found in Joe's apartment, used in bank robbery on August 8th. Then after that comes, you know, yeah, uh, uh, Joe's pen to use the right to uh, the the bank robbery note. You get it? Piece yeah. of paper resembles. You you whenever you can, you put your ringer items at the top. Hat tip two seven nine or pointed this out. Like Dan, he's like, you notice what the first item was? The Roger Stone grant of clemency. <laughs> now, two seven nine or made a great point. This was so classified, Dan. It's so dangerous. The Roger Stone clemency grant. That if you go to the internet and put executive grant of clemency, Roger Stone, it pops right up. Matter of fact, here it is right here. On the internet. So classified, Joe. Sitting right out there on the internet. What's that? It's on justice.gov, Guy said. There you go. You can go right now. That's it. That is a, if there ever was a monthly. That's your, that's your, that's it. That's what you get. That's your number one. Bet. Come on, seriously. I thought you were that's at least a double. Butley. That's and why I was I wasn't, but it is a double. That is definitely the. That's the best you've got. That was your number one item. Do you notice also the other items on there? Said boxes labeled uh, A twenty six, TSSCI. Yeah, when were they TSSCI motorcade type routes? Oh, you don't know that, Dan. I, exactly. Either this Kendallanian saying it's spy satellites. That's the point. But there's a way to find out, Joe. They could tell us and release the affidavit as well. But they won't. So is Kendallanian right or am I? They have nuclear spy satellite information or whatever. They do? Well, why isn't that leaked out yet? It's really strange. They've leaked out everything else. Trump's asking for you to put it out there, yet you won't. Does it sound like Trump's guilty or you? Tucker Carlson last night summed up this charade beautifully. He came back last night. He was on vacation. His monologue was 23 minutes long. It was worth every second. Obviously, we don't have 23 minutes, but here's about a minute and 10 seconds summing up this joke of a raid that at this point, to anyone, any sane person, which doesn't include the left, this was clearly a warrant searching for uh, uh, searching a investigating a person in search of a crime, which is clearly against the constitutional requirements. Check this out. 
Federal paramilitaries don't show up at your house when you violate the Presidential Records Act. And in fact, as we later learned, the actual warrant for the raid, which was signed by an openly partisan judge who, because you couldn't make any of this up if you tried, once represented Jeffrey Epstein's side in the famous underage sex case, that judge, that judge allowed the FBI to seize virtually every piece of paper in Donald Trump's house, whether or not it had ever been classified. They took Roger Stone's clemency order, for example. That had been on the front page of the Washington Post, so it was therefore probably not a secret. Apparently, the feds even walked off with Donald Trump's passports, preventing him from leaving the country. So whatever else this raid was, this raid was not about the Presidential Records Act. That explanation is absurd. It's almost as ridiculous as the claim that the White House knew nothing about the raid before it happened. (laughs) Right. Please. If they're going to lie to us, they ought to try a little harder. Sums it up so well. This was so clearly a pretext here, folks. They had nothing. Remember, in a constitutional republic, we investigate crimes in search of people. We don't investigate people in search of crimes. That is so clearly what's happening. Let me add one final note before I get to another bombshell story about January 6th. Gosh, I wish I had more time in today's show. This is frustrating sometimes. Love talking to you. Fire everyone that has anything to do with this raid. You understand? Everyone. Everyone involved should have known better. Everyone involved not weaponized their commission book, their badge, and their gun. Everyone. The administrative staff, the managers, the agents, everyone. There is zero excuse for this type of behavior. And for you to have not shown enough sound judgment, to have said, I'm not doing this, says you don't have the integrity to continue this job. And I am not backing down from that no matter what. I walked away because of precisely things like this. It's time you did it too. People started resigning tomorrow. This stuff would stop. Ball's in your court. When they get in charge, they should fire everyone involved. No exceptions. All right, uh, let me get to my uh, last sponsor. And then this January 6th story from Darren Beatty is just him and Julie Kelly. Don't go anywhere. Folks, this is our, our lead story today at Bongino Report. Darren Beatty from Revolver sent this over. We're trying to get him on the radio show later today as well. This story is a monster. January 6th, pipe bombers, mechanical timer, detonates the Fed surrection lie. Folks, there's a lot of material in this. Let me get to first this video. This is Capitol Police Chief at the time, Stephen Sun, testifying in front of Congress. Leading you to believe that these pipe bombs that were allegedly planted in front of the DNC, the Democrat National Committee, and the RNC, planted the day before January 6th, were planted as a diversion to get assets away from the rally, the January 6th rally, and they were meant to be a distraction. Now, why would they want to imply that these things were planted there as a distraction. Think about it, folks. You already know the answer. Again, I got the smartest audience in the biz. You send me the answers before I ask the questions. The way to set up a narrative that this was a planned insurrection, planned, worst insurrection since, uh, the, the worst attack on American soil since 9-11, is planning. Planning requires what? Planning means it's not extemporaneous meaning things were done in advance. Things were done, Joe, like 
planting a couple of bombs at the DNC or RNC, right? You don't have to believe me. Listen to Stephen's son, former chief of the Capitol Police, testify to this up at Capitol Hill. What did you see that leads you to believe that this was a coordinated attack? And I would like our other witnesses to, to uh, engage in that as well. Yeah, I'm able to provide you a quick overview of why I think it was a coordinated attack. One, these people came specifically with equipment. You're bringing climbing gear to, to a demonstration. You're bringing explosives. You're bringing chemical spray, such as what Captain Mendoza, Mendoza had talked about. You're coming prepared. The fact that the group that attacked our West Front, attacked our West Front 20 minutes, approximately 20 minutes before the event over at the Ellipse ended, which means they were planning on our agency not being at what they call full strength. Be, you know, watching the other events saying, hey, that event's ending. Okay, everybody get on post. They're going to be marching our way, knowing that we may not be at full strength at that time. And then also the fact that we were dealing with two pipe bombs that were specifically, you know, set right off the edge of our uh, uh, perimeter to, what I suspect, draw resources away. I think there was a significant uh, coordination with this attack. You see how he's setting it up? That this was coordinated. Because the only way you're going to plan an insurrection is if some planning went into it. But there's a problem with these planted pipe bomb stories. Darren Beatty's piece at Revolver is an eye-opener. I got five screenshots from this. He has five facts about the pipe bomb. I may go into a little more detail on this in the, uh, in the, uh, uh, the podcast tomorrow as well. But I'm going to tee this up for you today. So if this was planned, in other words, as Stephen's son and others are implying that a bunch of MAGA people who planned an insurrection at the Capitol and planted distractionary devices to get devices to get assets away from the capital so they could attack it. Then that would require that they intended these things to go off at some point, correct? Well, here are five facts, Beatty points out in his amazing piece. This is in my newsletter, bongino.com slash newsletter. Don't do anything today without reading this. The five facts are number one, the pipe bombs, according to the same Capitol Police Chief you just saw were planted as a diversion to distract law enforcement shortly before 1 p.m. when the breach of the Capitol's perimeter was just getting started, 1 p.m. January 6th. According to the official timeline, the breach started just one minute after Capitol Police were informed about the pipe bombs just two to three city blocks away. So official timeline? Wow, sounds like a planned insurrection to me, Joe. They think that breach of the Capitol starts and they're like, oh my gosh, there's pipe bombs out there. Distraction. Sounds... Hmm. Terrible. Yeah. Here's point number two, Beatty makes. Well, if that's the case, says the pipe bomber used an old-fashioned mechanical timer with a one-hour maximum time setting, you know, like an egg timer for an hour, but planted the bombs at roughly 8 p.m. the night before January 6th, 17 hours before they were found. Mechanical. It's an egg timer. It's not remote. It's an actual winder up. You got to buy one of these. I'll show you. Mechanical leg time. Many of you seen them. So if it was meant to be a distraction because it's a planned insurrection, air quotes, where the bomb was supposed to go off as Sundan those seem to imply at one o'clock on January 6th, then why the hell did you plant it 17 hours earlier with a one hour mechanical timer? Well, Dan, they, they plan to go back at noon and reset the timer or set it for them. Well, why not just plan them at noon? Uh, I don't know. I haven't thought that through. Of course you haven't. You're a liberal. It's case weirds gee out because it's just so strange. Takeaway number three. The pipe bombs were constructed with no 
No remote detonation ability. In other words, there wasn't some electronic device set to go off. It was a literal mechanical timer. Meaning their purpose as a diversion relied solely on the luck of it being found at the right time between noon and 1 p.m. to match the one-hour timer appearing to target the 1 p.m. congressional certification vote. You get what he's saying there? If the bomb was actually designed to go off as a distraction, Joe, and it had a one-hour timer, when would you have to plant the bomb? Uh, noon? It wasn't able to be detonated remote. It was a mechanical timer. It doesn't make any sense. Why would you leave it 17 hours before if it was a distraction set to go off at 1 o'clock? This case stinks to the heavens. Takeaway number four. The first pipe bomb was found at 12.40 p.m. with 20 minutes left on the timer, perfectly matching the exact timing needed to both, quote, divert police as the breach began at 12.50 and to convince police the bomb was timed to the 1 p.m. congressional vote. Oh, man. This come on. Just this. I, it, come on. So, so it's locked at 20 minutes. The timer's locked with 20 minutes to go for the liberals. It's a 60-minute timer. 40 minutes had elapsed on the timer, and it was stuck at 20 minutes to go. All of a sudden, at 12.40, Right as this is going down, somehow they magically find this thing with 20 minutes to go. Well, look, it's 1240. Would have went off right at the same time, 1 p.m. of the Capitol breach. What a distraction. Point number five, as I just said, I kind of teed this one up. The timer didn't just have 20 minutes left. It was left stuck on the 20-minute dial. Let me tell you my theory on what's going on here. Folks, I believe enemies of Donald Trump. I don't know who, and it wouldn't be fair to throw a name or a group out there while speculating, but let me leave it open-ended on this. There are enough enemies of Donald Trump. You know who they are. There are various groups out there who hate Donald Trump. Unfortunately, way too many. I think they suspected that the next day would get spicy, January 6th. Just giving you the straight take. Take it or leave it. I don't think they expected to happen what happened, but they expected something spicy. They were afraid that there may be some significant objections to the electoral counts based on uh, some of uh, uh, Donald, uh, Donald Trump and their supporters, their, their, uh, their claims that they were fraud in these states. I think they were scared that some of these senators, that a large swath of Republican senators and House people would go along. So I think their insurance policy, I think their insurance policy, I use those terms deliberately, those two words. I think their insurance policy, these enemies of Donald Trump, was to plant these two explosives the day before, set the timers for 20 minutes. And when they saw things started to get bad, that they would call this in so they would have an insurrection narrative to use later on in the event Donald Trump won his challenge at the, using the Electoral Count Act on that day. I haven't said that theory. It's a theory. Again, I'm speculating, but I'm speculating based on a mound of evidence that these things I don't believe were planted by Donald Trump's uh, MAGA supporters as a distraction. I believe they were planted as Donald Trump's enemies as a backup plan 
to show that there was a planned terror attack. And that's how Donald Trump won if he were to, if, if he were to win his Electoral Count Act challenges, where they would have sent it back to the states. Didn't mean he would have won the presidency. It would have mean it would have went back for, uh, to the states to, for a review. Do you get my point? Does that make sense? Yeah. There is no, now, what makes me think that they, uh, it's not a Trump supporter? Because it appears to me that the FBI doesn't want to find this guy. As Darren Beatty knows, the bomber, that is. As Darren Beatty notes in his piece, the DNC bomb, there's a money shot video the FBI won't release. No one in the January 6th committee saying they want to get to the bottom of this has brought up the bomber. Why? He's supposedly the key to the entire insurrection. Strange, right? That tip Darren Beatty from this piece. I want to go back to this interview conducted with an FBI official who was leading the investigation. He's a whole other story. I'll get to another time. But here's an interview by a guy by the name of Scott McFarlane. And the FBI official's like, yeah, yeah, listen, uh, you know, I'm, some of these people probably have cameras in their yards or something. Probably? Notice how he says this. Joe, then maybe they should probably go ask and get those cameras, wouldn't you, wouldn't you think? Yeah. That, That's like start. Joe saying... uh. Hey, Joe, you're going to process my uh, podcast and get it out? Yeah, probably. Maybe. I ha- probably have the software. Well, that's <laughs> what you do. Like, maybe do that. Like, the FBI, that's what you do. Notice how this guy said, oh, yeah, they could have had cameras. It's weird how he doesn't seem to be interested in actually going and getting them. Listen to this. The silver bullet for that might really be the people in that neighborhood. Correct. The people in the neighborhood, um, you know, if there are areas of, of that we've canvassed a, a lot of the neighborhood, we've talked to, you know, a lot of uh, neighbors and people that are in or around that area. Um, but there might be cameras we're missing. There might be cameras that people have on their their back um, porch. Yeah, there might be cameras missing. Yeah, maybe maybe go look at the, the back porch. Just just kind of, you know, do FBI stuff. Just just an idea. But you wouldn't do that if you didn't want to find who the bombers were. As I said, folks, I'm starting to believe this was the insurance policy in the event Donald Trump won some of his objections via the Electoral Count Act that they were going to claim. This is a terror attack. It's an ongoing insurrection. Thanks for tuning in. I got Darren Beatty on the radio show later. I really appreciate it. Thank you as well for subscribing to my podcast. The numbers this week have been insane through the roof. We are at the top of the charts. Thanks to you. It's the subscriptions that matter. They're free. Apple, Spotify, and Rumble.com slash Bongino. Thanks for tuning in. It's an important show. See you on the radio show later. You just heard Dan Bongino.